Welcome to another episode of Talk of Tonawanda. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts and guests only that do not represent any other individual or organization. Good afternoon, Carl. We are on episode 33. For those of you that are tuning in again, how's Carl today? Carl's good. He's uh, he's getting through the week very nicely. He had some uh, some news, not so good news earlier in the week uh, for myself personally. So Monday, Tuesday were, were interesting days, I'll put it that way, but uh, we've slowly come around. Uh, and of course, okay. you know, we move forward. That's that's our motto, move forward. Move forward. You know, let's uh, meet, meet challenges head on, you know, keep continuing, head down, you know, march up the hill and, and let's get things done. Well, yeah. you know, the, the good news is, is tomorrow is that special Saturday, isn't it? It is. It is the second Saturday of the month, which means the VFW Post, Frontiersman Post, over there at Elgin Drive, has their deliciousness breakfast and if you're not there by like 9.05, oh, yes. forget it. It's sold out. I, and it, I, I was there last month, and I'll tell you what, at, at even 9 o'clock. We were there, in line. They, they were, they were, nobody else could get in that door. I found my seat. I found my place, and yep. I, was, I was good to go. Yeah, and you, and you meet some great people while you're there as well. If, if you come with a crowd, you know, you'll have a table. They have tables of 10 set up, but they know how many people that they could feed, and hopefully uh, it continues, that they do sell out, because oh. that means it's a success. Biscuits and gravy is always a recipe for success, in, they, in my mind. Yeah, in they do. Mind. They do, and they and they put on a, a great, great breakfast uh, for, for $10. They have a 50-50, and they always have a side, uh, a side raffle for yeah. something, a ham or a turkey or something that's was, always going on. It was very on. nice. There was plenty of food, and you were able to go up. Uh, after everybody got their first round, you could go up and uh, grab seconds. But my goodness, I mean, everything from the pain. I was, I was thrilled. There's other stuff going on. We have, some, uh, we have a couple of uh, flyers here that you got, some different things coming up. The first one, we're climbing up on spring cleaning. Yes. And spring cleaning and doing things properly and not loading the uh, the landfills with bad stuff. What do you got there, Carl? Uh, so does anybody have any cans of leftover paint uh, I do. hanging I do. around the basement? I do. And on a on a shelf in the garage, perhaps? Sure. I, I, I believe we all do because it's been a very long time since we've had a, uh, a paint collection event. So on Saturday, March 25th, from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., at the Tonawanda Intermodal Hub that's right between, um, let's say, we're Walgreens and the Salvation Army. Yes, yeah, you pull right, right there. in there, pull right in there at the Salvation Army driveway right there. Yes, and from, like I said, from 9 to 1 o'clock, uh, they are accepting unlimited amounts of paint. And to preface it that it's latex paint, the acrylic, oil paint, stains and shellacs, lacquers, sealers, varnishes, Urethanes and textured coatings and uh, five-gallon or smaller containers, please. And what is not accepted are aerosol spray, can, spray paint cans, paint thinners, solvents, or cleaning agents, drywall mud, roof tar, etc. And if you have any bicycles laying around the garage or in the basement. Bicycles uh, bring, as well. Bicycles as well. Not that they're going to be recycled, but they're going to be recycled and put back into use. And that is part of the... Uh, Unwanted bicycles and for recycling by wheels for workers in the 716 area. So if you know somebody that has a bike or some extra paint laying around, we all do, uh, bring it on over there. Just there no, is, no aerosols, no paint thinners, no solvents, no cleaners. We're talking about paints, paints, varnishes, varnishes lacquers, lacquers and, yes. and bicycles. And, bi and bicycles. I don't know how they came up with. <laughs> well, they came up with know, bicycles because it's a, it's a great uh, yeah. a great place. Just one drop stop, you know. So the bicycles don't go to re, uh, you know, into recycling. Yeah. Yeah. No, they get reused. It we got a uh, we, we got another meat raffle coming up, and this one is uh, for some friends of ours. All the proceeds go to the city of Tonawanda Senior Center Saturday, March twenty fifth, at the National Hose Company, forty four William Street. Uh, doors open up at 7, 
And I love this where they always first spin at 7.30. So that gives you a half hour to get in, sure. get settled, get your snacks out, uh, yeah. bring your own food, snacks. If, you, uh, if you've never been to a meat raffle before, they are a lot of fun. They are. And uh, people come by, they have little sticks that they hold their their dollars up on to buy. Because every time they're going to do a, a raffle, they, they have a whole crew that runs around. They sell yep. you little raffle tickets for yep. like a buck or whatever. Yeah, it's like on a ruler with a little yeah. clothespin that they yeah. glue onto it. Yeah. There, there you go. Here's here. I got a dollar over here. There you go. But yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be great. And of course, you know, bring ones, singles, fives, nothing probably bigger than a, a 20 because they're going to have time yeah. to make change for that stuff. Yeah. So yes, bring singles, no quarters, dimes, and pennies, please. And then, uh, you know, bring your own your snacks and, and your bring beverages. your own food and snacks. You can Absolutely. bring those along. You could roll in a cooler. I was at one that was up in North Tonawanda a couple weeks back, and I'm watching this, and people are going inside with with coolers and snack trays and things. Oh, I was like, it make, was it was like a giant picnic make, party. It was very cool. Make it event, and I would I would assume that they're going to sell out at least in the main room, but they'll probably be out in the hallway and down the hallway, and who knows where else they'll be spread out. A lot of fun, but they have 44 William. That's fire headquarters. <laughs> yes. Um, if you uh, between Morgan and Fletcher along William there, and you'll be able to make sure you park appropriately. The signs are there where parking is allowed and not allowed, and make sure that you come early enough so you can find good parking, get inside, get a seat. But it's uh, a good time. It'll, it'll be clearly marked at the entrances there. Carl, you got some more stuff going on. What do you got? Uh, Tuesday, March 14th, the travel club meeting at the Senior Citizen Center. Uh, stop on by. That's at 1 o'clock. Friday, March 17th. That date sounds familiar, doesn't it? It does for some reason. Some reason. So March 17th, if you're around the Hot Potato Luncheon at noon at the Senior Center. March 25th is the meat raffle at the Fire Hall. We know that. March 27th, the vote on board officers from 12 to 5. Bingo at 4. Dinner at 5 at the Senior Center. So that's a lot going on over that's there. A, that's a know. short bingo session. Well, bingo at four, dinner at five? Well, they would probably make it longer, you know, if they had some more prizes to uh, to give out, right? So it'll be a lot of fun. But the hot potato luncheon is uh, hot potato with all the fixings and Chuck Stewart's famous kielbasa. Now, there you go. There you go. Now, there's a lot there, but we'll leave it. It's $3 paid at the door. Cake uh, will be provided as well. And compliments of Patricia Halt and the Clarity Group. Very nice. Yeah. So it's, nice. it's it's a lot going on. Um, we all know that we have a lot of businesses that are you know coming up online and things are happening. Spring's almost here. I haven't seen the gentleman driving down Grove Street in the Miata with the top down just yet. Spring. As we look outside the <laughs> studio window, it's just this side of a whiteout. And it's just, it's dumping down. Uh, it is sticking to the uh, sidewalks and the streets now. Uh, it is. It's, it's still winter. Do you think, was it in like a lamb and going out like a lion or what? You know what? It's, 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 you know, I don't count on anything north of 60 <laughs> degrees until May uh, around here. But, you know, being in the spirit of things, I have a couple uh, St. Patrick's Day jokes, if you will. Uh, oh give, it, give me a moment. All right. All right. All right. Be careful now. I, I am part Irish. I, I know. I got it. Uh, there. We all have. We all have. You know, across the bear. What Irish and stays out all night? What's Irish and stays out all night, Frank? Uh, Irish and stays out all night. Uh, a, a single Irishman. No patio furniture. Oh. Good. This is my turn to make them all grown. Oh. What do you get when two leprechauns have a conversation? Ah, uh, leprosy? A lot of small talk. Oh. Oh, last one. Last one only because I'll, I'll at least give you, you know, a chance to groan and collect we'll, your thoughts. We'll take a vote later on if you want a Carl Humor yeah. or National Days. Yes. Give us the give us the email address <laughs> one more time in case they want to complain or, or compliment. The talk of Tonawanda at gmail.com. And we had some interesting mail last week. We'll talk about where would you find a leprechaun baseball team? Uh, I'm going to guess the Little League. Yes, exactly. Oh, I finally got exactly. One. He got it. <laughs> well, well, I, I'll, I'll probably stop there, but I don't know. Maybe one, one more. I'll, here, let me. One from memory. One from memory. 
why do people wear shamrocks on St. Patrick's Day? Is this a riddle or it's a it's a riddle? Why do people wear shamrocks on St. Patrick's Day? Because real rocks would be too heavy. I give up. He got that one too. Oh my gosh! (laughs) From memory, I had that one. So you got it. Uh, Uh, We have one more announcement uh, for for our Bulgarian listeners in the greater uh, tri-state area and southern Ontario, the Bulgarian national elections. Uh, The regional voting center is going to be on Sunday, April 2nd. It'll be at 80 Clinton Street in the city of Tonawanda in Suite 105. That's for the Bulgarian national elections for our, we have a rather sizable Bulgarian uh, population here in Western Europe and Southern Ontario. Are there any Bulgarian bakeries around that I could go to and check it out? Every Bulgarian kitchen is a Bulgarian bakery. Oh. I got news for you. <laughs> so those, those will be going on. We're, we're, we don't have a guest, but we do have a, a topic. We have gotten some really good email uh, and some really nice comments when we've been talking about things that, you know, more of the population are affected by it. We, we do, uh, we are the talk of Tonawana, so we do talk about our local events and things going we on. We do. But there are things that affect everybody, and maybe this is why we have people in uh, France, Italy, <laughs> Australia, <laughs> Australia, Alaska Again. listening. Yeah. Um, Hello to all those folks. Th- something that's affected so many people in the last couple of years uh, has been our our pensions. Okay. The, the pension savings, people going on pensions, the pension savings. And there's a lot of things that have actually changed in the last couple of years. They, yeah. They, they do a lot of the research is uh, pre-COVID and post-COVID. Okay. They're not assigning it to a political party or anything else, and neither will we. Okay. And here's something interesting. Pre-COVID, 93% of Americans were setting aside money for retirement. Post-COVID, it dropped 30%, okay. 63%. That is a huge amount of folks that more than a third of the nation is no longer saving for retirement. And there were a lot of things that, that affected that. In, during that same period of time, um, just, just folks in, in New York, the figures uh, around us, the average person lost 20% of their pension savings. And some people lost as much as 60%. Now, I know myself and my wife, we, we were also affected uh, personally because there's, there's different types of retirement that are out there. Um, you know, you have savings accounts and, and bonds and sure. uh, obviously, you know, 401ks and stocks. And CDs. Yeah. Now, now, you just retired and... You know, a few years back, yes. Uh, now, you, have, you get your Social Security. Plus, yes. Plus, you get your pension. Yes. How much do you think they're saying the average person would be wanting to have set aside prior to prior to retirement prior to 65 or 62 like 60 actually 60 is the target that they 60 do. so i like what i believe that you should have put away for mm-hmm. that for that number um well financial advisors will we're always tell you you know put away what you can and invest what you can you know to the point of it you know it might sting a little bit but it won't hamper your lifestyle. But depending on what your income level is in your comfort of putting money aside and not in, and being true to it and using compounding, you should start right around five hundred thousand dollars a year at you know five hundred thousand a year. No, five hundred thousand dollars for what you should have set aside. Okay, um, yeah, that, that is. The median, that means from the states that have the lowest cost of retirement living to those that are the highest cost of sure. retirement living. Uh, Fidelity Investment Group said $286,400 by age 60 okay. as your minimum. That's just to get by. Yeah. But true, we have the states, they actually have a retirement cost of living calculator. New York is number three from the most expensive. Absolutely. From the top. Absolutely true. $3,895 per month, bare bones, mm-hmm. in New York State to get Yes. Uh, our yep. boomers, baby boomers set aside an average of $112,000, less than half of what's needed in the median, and less than a third of what they recommend for New York. Yeah, and, and I, I hope that they put a lot of asterisks after that to explain why New Yorkers can't put away more. 
There are a couple of things that did change. Now, it used to be that if you had your own individual retirement account, you were capped at 6,500. They changed that. I believe it's up to 7,300 now pre-tax that you can put in for your own individual. But for the 401ks, it's much higher. It's like yeah. $30,000 a year. Yeah. And the 401ks are the ones that lost $7.6 billion. In value or from withdrawals? Uh, in value. In value. $7.6 billion since, this, since March of 2021, two years ago. Yep. And mm -hmm. people, people are, are having a hard time. They look well, like where, where did the money go? Where did the money go? Well, it's, it's paper. One thing that I tell everybody um, that when I used to be working, we had a, the government had TSP accounts. It was a thrift savings plan, which is a, a comparable plan to a very, very good 401k with very minimal charges to administer the plan would be like tenths of cents per thousand um, that they would charge the participants. And it's all government. Government workers receive the, the TSP. A government program that ran efficiently? Yes. We are talking about America, right? And I'll, yeah, and I'll okay. tell you why. Because all, all of the senators and congressmen and all of the national government workers, whatever agency that you belong to, you are put into the TSP. There is an automatic government um, payment to you for that. And then they match up to a certain percentage. I believe it's like up to like 5%. They'll match. And then after that, it's on you. But there's always a 1% of your pay that is, is put into the TSP for you. And you can divide it up amongst probably 20 different funds right now. And they have all like the, the 2030 fund, the 2040 fund, the 2050 fund. 2060, et cetera. Those are the years that are around your retirement target date. And then there is the plan for international stock funds, small stock funds, small cap funds, bonds, large cap stock funds. You know, that, that's, that's part, of the, part of the change. I don't know. Do you remember the uh, big e-bank, Empire of America? Yeah. Uh, back in the day, you're going to have to picture me with uh, short hair and a suit. I was a Empire of America tax burden. I handled the retirement account reinvestment. Not the initial investment, but the reinvestment when these things came due. And that's where I started to learn about all these different types of retirement accounts. And they have five gazillion names, but there's essentially there's two. One is money that is being saved. Yeah. And one is money that's going into the stock market. And that's where people lost big chunks. And they don't understand, well, where does, where does the money go? I don't think Folks, it goes... If you don't understand what stocks are, stock, stocks like this, if, if I want to open up a company, if I go to a bank to get my funds to open my business, I have to pay that bank back, period. And I have to pay them back with interest. Yeah. So when a corporation wants to raise up money and not have to be on the hook for that, and I, I'm being a little tongue-in-cheek there, they raise money by selling stock according to federal laws than those guidelines. And if they lose money, they lose money. They lose your money. And you don't have to pay it back. And this is one of the big swings. As uh, back in the 70s and the 80s, most of the retirement accounts were based in uh, bonds and investment accounts. Very, very little stock. And it swung the other way. And so now, when the stock markets go down, you see your Pension <laughs> go down, yeah, and so on. So it's and you have the ability to do you know low risk, medium risk, high risk, and so forth. Sure. Um, I lost my entire pension with a uh, company that shall remain nameless. Uh, it was valued at almost forty dollars a share, and it plummeted down to four cents a share. And they sent me a check for <clears throat> a little bit less than ten dollars when it reached a certain level down, and that but, was that was the end of the pension. But one thing, one one thing, you know, part of being part of like. A, uh, a TSP or a 401k is that you're in it for the long run. You're not in it. It's a, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. People, people always say we just lost, you know, like $13,000 or $14,000, you know, like last month because, you know, the market went down or whatever it is. But if you stay the course, you have to stay the course in this because it is a marathon along the way as you're investing the same dollar amount 
every paycheck or monthly or however you're doing it, you're buying the stocks or whatever it is, the shares that you're buying in your 401k or your TSP, you're buying them when it goes down at a cheaper price. And then when the price recovers and goes back up as it normally does naturally, then those stocks that you bought at a cheaper price are now worth more at a more valuable price. So, so if you were to look at my TSP over my federal career, it, it looks like the roller coaster, you know, in Sandusky, Ohio. Sure. It, it, it goes up and down. It's the ebb and flow of everything, but it's just a natural progression of how it goes eventually back up. And you have to use, you, you know, I can't explain it, but it was explained to me once more. We don't have enough time to explain compounding. But, but <laughs> I if, actually am going to touch on it when we get to CDs. Fantastic. But if, you, but if you look at it as, you know, like you're not losing money, you're buying your shares, you know, in a particular segment for a cheaper price, and then when it finally rebounds and comes back up, those are more valuable, which, which is a lesson that is very hard to learn or to understand when you're younger and you're looking at your TSP prices and you had $15,000 one day, you know, and then a few months later, it, it looks like you've got like $5,000. Well, I always used to tell, tell them, you know, back at work, it's only paper. It's paper. It doesn't mean anything. It's not a value that you're going to recover now. You have to wait until you're old like me when you finally turn to it to retire and use that as part of your your three incomes, your 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 pension, your TSP, and your Social Security are the three the three legs for your pension when you finally do retire. Yeah, I'm not trying to slam the stock market. No, it's, it's market not. This is, isn't a just, stock market yeah. uh, hit. No, yeah, the, the not at all. The stock market itself, it's going to go up and down. And you know, like I said, you you, you have the choice when you're filling these these forms out for your 401k whether it's going to be high risk medium risk or low risk or a combination yeah. in between. Right. If the stock market wasn't there, uh, company growth wouldn't happen. No. It would be stagnated. So it is it is a necessary thing. And you know, but you know, folks that retired in the last 2 years. And I'm not going to give you the figure, they have, but we lost we lost five figures. They lost on ours. Right, because they because they were on the a down cycle and decided to retire yeah. for whatever reason at that point and not wait for some kind of a recovery. Now, that's years away still. Now, they, 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 you say, well, okay, well, we've got our, our Social Security. Social Security right now in the U.S. is paying out about $1 trillion a year to current retirees. Thank you. And we have a massive amount of folks that are going to hit this. The boomers, us, yep. are going to hit retirement all at once. The average check, though, 1100 to $1,400 per month. When you see the figures that they've posted where, okay, you know, you're going to get a $1,700, $1,800 check uh, from SSI, mm -hmm. that's if you had an average annual income of $100,000. And <laughs> the bulk of Americans have not experienced that. Yeah. No. Um, so, I mean, it's when you, when you look at the cost, again, New York State, let's just call it 4000 and we'll say median 1500 Yeah. That still leaves... $2,500 a month that you need to make up somewhere else. <coughs> and hopefully you're, you, you have your, you know, your bills and your finances in better order than that than to be $4,000 short a month. So now the Treasury came out uh, October last year uh, is when they did a big push on it. And, and then it was supposed to be just for October. Now they've extended it out. Uh, as of today, the Series 1 savings bonds. Did you ever do savings bonds when you were a kid? I used to actually get a piece of paper savings bond. Yeah, yeah. I used to go to Marine Midland Bank and, and, and give them a 25 bucks, and they would give me a $50 savings bond with some date so far <laughs> off in the future that it was, it was it amazing. Was, it was an amazing long in the future. When, when, you're, when you're 12, yeah. 10 years seems like forever. Yep. But now the 30-year Series 1 bonds, 9.62% and you can buy up to $10,000 of those per year. Now, those are 30-year bonds. Yeah. So Those are widows uh, and orphan funds. Those are what yeah. you would buy typically way ahead of any need to cash those in. And, and those you could buy for gifts, you know, yeah, somebody I wants used to, to get them as a newspaper boy. That was the that was the Christmas tip. Yeah, there's a ten dollars savings bond. Those well, are great. It. it cost them five bucks, but you yeah. had to wait. You know, 10, 10, 15 years for some of those. I still have my old Buffalo Savings Bank 
pass book. You know what? After a while, those those E's, those series E's, they did cap what they were worth. Yeah. I don't think you can cash a fifty dollar bond. You know, after like forty years for like two hundred bucks. I think there was a cap. Yeah, they, 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 I'm sure there's some financial guy shaking his head yes or no or beating yeah. his head against you his can, desk right now. You can now. go online. You can actually buy the, the bonds online. So uh, one of the things that was more common back when I was working in Empire of America, uh, trademark, uh, not representing the company in any way, shape, or form. I'm not currently employee uh, and have no interest in the bank or its heirs. So that's the disclaimer. Uh, we were working that was a good disclaimer. with these uh, CDs. Yep. We were working with retirement savings accounts. Now, retirement savings account kind of went back to the, to the wayside. Everybody was looking for a, that with higher risk comes higher rewards. So yep. it actually drove the stock-based 401ks. But there are some really, really good uh, banks out there now. Now, you don't think of it as uh, anymore, like like I was referring to the old Buffalo Savings Bank, where you go into your branch and sit down with, you know, a sale your Bob that you know. These are the, uh, a lot of the online banks. And we have like Capital One. A lot of people have a Capital One charge card or a credit account. Well, you can get a retirement savings account. Right now, they're paying 3.4, but that's not the highest it goes. Goldman Sachs is above that, but Synchrony Bank, uh, they do a lot of the, uh, I believe they handle a lot of the uh, accounts for uh, Jeff Bezos' large company there. Uh, but they're paying four, but you have UFB Direct, which is an online bank, 4.55 which is not bad. And this is that ongoing thing. And that's where we yeah. start to talk about this, this compounding. CDs mean certificate of deposit. You buy it for a certain amount. Western Alliance Bank just came out and topped everybody in the country on that. And what they're doing, it's a 12-month CD. They're paying 5.01%. These are percentages that we haven't seen no, that's in been a 20, while since. 30 years. No, if you, look at, if you look at current banks, credit unions, and you look at the board and you look at their CD offerings for 12 months, 24 months, et cetera, they're nothing near that. They're fractionals of those. Right. Now, the CDs, when we talk about compound interest, what it means is if you roll it over, you can earn interest on the interest that's put in there. Yep. If they compound it daily, day one, then day two, you're earning on what you invested plus the interest and so on. So that's, that's how they get what they call the end yield on that. But these are some of the options that are still out there. But how do we handle the big one right now with, yeah, we have people that were you know, 65, 67 years old. They hit retirement during this COVID period when the stocks just took such a hit. Yeah. And you see them now, they're going back to work. I was over at the, the orange construction store today and the blue construction store today because uh, it's seed season for me. I've gathered up my all my heirloom tomato seeds and stuff. And there are folks in there that I can easily identify as, you know, in my age group and, and higher in their mid, late 60s and early 70s. And they're working the multi-register. They're working customer service, not just meters and greeters, but yeah. uh, stocking and so forth. This is where we've gotten to. What, what's what's the future looking like? Well, I mean, you, you're well, you're well prepared because you you are a planner. You I plan way ahead. I had to, I started I started planning for my retirement 7 years before I was eligible to even retire. So it it was a it was 7 years of planning and listening and going to seminars, online seminars and personal seminars and listening to the folks who knew the the trap doors and the good doors to go through when you were planning your financial future. And luckily, I learned enough from them to transfer that into my personal information. And of course, you have to be very frugal. You have to, you have to be. You cannot have a lifestyle that you cannot afford at the time. So in other words, if you earn a dollar, do not spend a dollar thirty. What are we going to do with, with these folks here now? What do they call them? Generation Z or whatever. You, you have, what, over a third of the nation is not putting away no, anything. No, that, that well, you know, that, that generation, Nothing. you know, some, it's, some are coming into uh, the workforce and have been in the workforce for, you know, a short period of time. That generation seems to be, it's, it's me now and not me later that they're concerned with. They're not concerned with, you know, being elderly 
and not having you know, a significant amount of savings to tide them over to pay for emergencies, to make sure their house is kept up, to make sure that they have a little spending money, that they leave, you know, maybe not generational wealth, but they at least have something to leave their children and their grandchildren. That's important to me that, you know, I'm not handing down millions and millions of dollars, certainly, but at least they're not going to just remember me with a wooden cross stuck in the ground and, gee, you know, wasn't Pops a great guy. You know, they're what, going to have something. Does, does your plan, or is there a plan that you're aware of that, that actually does something as far as our cost of living? I mean, because you, you look at the average cost of living, it's like 2.4%, I yeah. believe it is. Um, no, you I, can't. Yesterday, I went to the pharmacy, and yep. I was stunned. My, my, my tears, uh, T-I-E-R-S, not T-E-A-R-S, uh, my, my prescription tier changed. And where I had this generic, I was paying $6 for the prescription. I am now paying 18 as my part, just like that. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and you have to be prepared for that. You have to be prepared for sudden increases in anything, gasoline, utilities, uh, cost of repairs, cost of what. We're getting a new roof this spring. On, on the house. But I had prepared for that years before, knowing that there is there is a, a life expectancy from a roof or a fence or a vehicle or anything that we use. They're, con they're consumables. They, they don't last forever. Do you consider your house part of your retirement savings? Yes, because it, it, it was an investment. It is the biggest investment that we ever made and the way it has increased in value uh, because, you know, you're doing just routine maintenance on, on these things, hopefully. And uh, you, need, you need part of that as your investment strategy as a home. And homes are wonderful investments. They, they barely never decrease in value. Um, but they are part of your retirement plan. They should be part of your retirement plan. Part of your nest egg, part of your investment portfolio should be your home. They, you know, do, they do go up. That's what my wife and I, uh, luckily, we, we've been able to do that. As I said, in, in the retirement account, uh, I'm talking a significantly high five-figure amount has vanished. Um, and these were low to medium range or medium risk stocks, but this, this is what everybody has experienced. Um, but we, we were smart enough early on to go, you know what, we, we are going to invest in some real estate. And that's what we did. So... We're going to be okay, at least at this point. We're at gonna, this point, we're sitting, going to be okay. Sitting here early March 23. But, and when, when you have the, the younger folks listening and going, oh, you know, yawn, retirement, oh, it's so far away. Yes. It comes up rapid speed. Yeah. And you could ask, and you could, everybody look at each other and say, yeah, time does evaporate. I mean, you, you could look at, you know, past 25, 30 years and say, how did that go so fast? Yeah. You know, everybody remembers the early 2000s. Well, that was, you know, 20-plus years ago now. Yeah. Well, when you're 15 years old, you go, oh, man, I have to be another 15 years, be another whole life before I'm even 30. Yeah. No. <laughs> You'd be amazed how, how quickly that comes up. So planning ahead. If you were, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take away your age. I'm going to cast the magic spell, Carl. I'm oh. going to make you 30 years old. 30, okay. Okay, I'm going to put you in a median career you're making seventy-five thousand a year. You're married with two kids. What are you putting aside today? Today? Oh, I I would say at, at least four hundred dollars a month. At least, yes. I would make it hurt because you have to. Like like it, it has to sting, but it shouldn't hurt. You know, and and, and make you you know stun you. Did, did you freeze grow into you. adapting to the income you had left over when you started investing more heavily in the retirement? Yes. Yeah. So, so it didn't sting more than the first. No, couple. no. It, it was it was very uh, it was very good. You know, being married to a very frugal um, woman that we invested commissions, we invested reinvested uh, money that would come back. You know, on sales commissions and things like that. Yeah, I have bonuses, everything like that. Instead of going out and spending it, uh, it was just part of the plan to just save it and put it away. Now, there's other people that invest in other things. I know I was uh, used to travel out of town and, and teach everywhere from 
British Columbia and Seattle to, you know, Ontario, Canada to Daytona. And uh, one time when I was out of town, my wonderful, amazing, incredible wife decided to surprise me. Her and the kids cleaned the attic. And it was beautiful. There was all sorts of room up there. The junk was gone. But you know what else was gone? The bearer bonds. What was gone was all the baseball cards from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. All the comic books from the 60s, 70s, and 80s all went to the trash because they didn't know their value. They yeah, let that be a water. lesson. Don't leave stuff around for the kids and mom or your wife to toss out because they don't know. Uh, and it's I, I don't blame her. She she had just as far as it was, it was just you know stuff, kids stuff. Who who needs baseball cards and you know comic books? You're you're a dad. You got two wonderful kids. You got a job and a wife, uh, but. Do you often remind her she threw away the lake home? Yeah, no. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, those, those could have been just as easily lost in, in a, a leaky roof. Uh, could have destroyed those just as easily. So yep. when you're looking at investments, that type of stuff really isn't retirement investing. With, you know, with some people, they do save, you know, they do have collections, and they do use that towards... Uh, money, retirement money kind of things. Like there, there are people that save numerous things. I mean, you can name anything. Some guys save, you know, antique bicycles. Some guys, you know, save, you know, antique motorcycles. They say uh, coins, stamps. You know, you can get into a lot of different vehicles for saving money. And I don't mean vehicles like cars and trucks. I mean, like an investment vehicle, you know, something that should, you know, advance, you know, appreciate with time and care that they should be worth more later than than currently. And those, those, those are, are speculation. That's, that's I call speculation. A, that's, yeah. a, that's a speculation. We call, it a, we call it a niche investment. Because we've seen on cable, of course, the, the pickers, and they find these things, but it's only worth what somebody's willing, willing to pay, to pay yeah. and that, if they've got the money for and, it. And that's the value. So when somebody says, well, how much, how much is that worth? Well, how much can you sell that for? What's your sense of urgency? That's what's Do you worth. need to sell it, or are you looking for a buyer? You know, like, like an empty soda can in New York State is worth currently five cents. Yeah. But they want to make it a dime. But if you, if you put away money in stocks and bonds and municipal bonds, and you, know, you can always do uh, you know, more riskier investments. Like you can invest, you know. Did in, you just say more riskier? More riskier. Yes, it's. Don't, I would, don't, I would don't say, use that term. Don't don't use that kind of grammar around an English major. It just it creates such pain in my lower spine. I can't even explain it to you. But we have but we have you know like gold, silver, platinum coins, bars, you know things like that. Stamp collections. Some guys you know invest in investment quality, uh, you know automobiles. But you know for the regular guy who's just working, you know going out working and has. You know, a, a median income of you know, maybe fifty thousand dollars a year. Let's say, uh, it's it's kind of hard to set money aside because of the rising rates of everything else. If they're that high now, folks, what do you think they're going to be in twenty, thirty years when you're looking at, you know, thinking about going for retirement? You know, I was looking at the stats. Those guys that are going back to work now, you know, I'm not saying, you, you know, they made a mistake or they did something wrong along the way because the system you know, was part of, you know, them, you know, being forced back into work somehow. But if, if you're not prepared for a lot of things, um, you know. Yeah. I, uh, I was looking at the stats, and unfortunately there's not one that agrees 100% with the other, but there was one consistency, and that is that females are far more efficient at setting aside for retirement than are males. By a significant amount in each and every study, it was it was quite a bit different. It was that practicality. I you know what, and I can I can believe that because I, I look at different things. That, Shiny bright things that yeah. you know are are different to men as they are to women, and that and impulse buying is is never cheap. Never. Now, if you were going to speculate on something like, well, let's just let's just say stamps or or uh, vehicles or something non-traditional for an investment to try to make a profit, what percent would you think would be acceptable? You have, you have your solid retirement investment percentage, and yep. then you have a small percentage that you can 
play with. Play with. Uh, yeah. Maybe buying old Volkswagens and restoring them, or old Corvettes or something. Yeah. What, what do you think is safe? Art. Really? Yeah, I do. Art, good art, not not just painting, but good good art. You know, something tangible, not those you know those NFTs. Those those are. Just the cabbage patch dolls. I mean, they, they no. just plummeted in value. <laughs> yeah, and so did you know Beanie Babies back in the day. But yeah. whoever invented them and came up with that concept was, you know, retired. They own a couple islands down in the uh, you know the Caribbean. But right now, I would I would uh, if you look at art, good art by known artists and you know statues, paintings, of course, uh, anything to do with uh, fine arts. I would say anything along that line yeah, would no. be something that you could that you could uh, get, you know, like fractional investments, you know, mm -hmm. in something like that. You don't have to spend, you know, like thirty million dollars on a uh, on a painting. You could you can invest maybe like two thousand dollars and own a fraction of it, and then when it's sold, you know, then you'll receive, you know, your your compensation that way. You know, you got folks like uh, Jay Leno and. Fluffy Iglesias, if you've ever heard of him, yep, and a lot of other popular folks that they really have, they have invested heavily in classic vehicles, but yep. they don't sell them. No, well, they're they're leaving that to the next generation, which is that generational wealth kind of thing. You know, like uh, Fluffy, he has and owns and has purchased restored uh, Volkswagen buses, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And Jay Leno is all over the planet with uh, people that are on the lookout for things for him to buy. By the way, I hear he, he is well on, on the mend recovery. Those of you that didn't know, he had a... Uh, Another motorcycle accident. No, oh, no. It was Another one of, fire. One of, his, one of his vehicles, uh, oh. one of his classic vehicles he was taking around, and there was a, uh, a combustion incident, and he got, uh, he got some burns, but apparently he is, uh, this was a couple months back, he's, he's well on the mend. Um, haven't seen any public pictures of him, but uh, of course we always, <laughs> that guy's just hilarious. <laughs> What's but, my beef, you know, <laughs> going back in the day? Well, yeah, I mean, you know, and, and a lot of times, you know, you'll hear people with, with that kind of wealth, they'll buy you know, like things that just don't make any sense to me for untold millions. And that is like horses. You know, you have a racehorse one day and you're spending $5 million on it. And then the next day it's gone for, for whatever reason. But, you know, if you've got that kind of money to spend, you know, on a, on an animal, you know, and hope that you're going to recoup your investment, that's a risk. Now, what about folks that, uh, they're convinced that they're gonna they're gonna do well in the lottery. I mean, obviously, they, it really is a dollar dream, and it is staggering odds against getting absolutely dying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but I can name on my hand three different people who I will not name, by the way, um, who who feel that you know when they when they do that, that's that's part of their you know setting aside money. They take a portion of their winnings and they set it aside. But they're never ahead. But they're convinced that they are. No, it's like it's like the house the house never loses rule. Actually, like how do you think Las Vegas looks like that? You know, and Atlantic City formerly used to look like that until online gambling became so famous and Vegas really turned it up. You know, a few degrees and built more. Now, you know, out in the desert. Here's also an interesting stat that comes in, and that's with that. 30% drop in people uh, paying retirement. Uh, there is an awful lot of folks out there that aren't saving, but they still have the money. And it's interesting that some of these statistics parallel when online gambling in New York State became legalized. Oh, sure. Do you think that has something to do with it? Absolutely. That, that is also, that, that's, just, that's just, once again, just chasing the odds. Absolutely chasing the odds. When you look at, you know, like some of those... I'm not, you know, speaking to, as an expert, certainly, but when you have like a hockey game and the under over is six and a half, you know, so you can bet, you know, under it's going to be six and a half points for both teams combined, or it's going to be over six and a half points for both teams. The odds are the same. They're just hoping that it that's a wash. So half the people that bet are going to win, half the people that are going to bet that are going to lose. It's where they make their money on everything else. It's like the first score. There's going to be a score within the first five minutes, first ten minutes. You know, first guaranteed score. You know, name a name a player on the team. 
So you're really, it's, that's how the hook is with that, with the online betting, is that they make it so easy to sit there on your phone, you know, you know, while you're sure, bored. Instantly, PayPal and whatever else you've got. Uh, instantly up on your phone. deposit, yeah. you know, deposit a few hundred bucks and then bet on football games, basketball games, soccer games on the other side of the planet, hockey games, you know, in town, out of town, and golf. golf. You could bet on a golfer to do so well in a tournament. Indy 500, you know, is it going to be an odd, odd number car that's going to win? Is it going to be an even number is, car? Is it a yellow win? car? Is it an orange car? Is it a blue car? It, it, it's I, endless how you could waste, spend, your money, uh, and just lose it. And, and that's money that you've earned or somebody else has earned and, and handed down to you somehow, and yet you want to gamble it away. I, right. Gambling's a whole other show, Frank. It, it is a whole other show. I just want to touch a little bit more on that. And it's, I, I've had people that say that, no, no, it's, it's a skill, it's a skill, it's a skill. It's not. They go, well, you know, you have these, these, these poker tournaments and there's always these big winners. Six people sit down at a table. One walks away with it all. Five walk away broke. Yep. It is rolling the dice. It is chance. You can't preset how the cards are going to be. You can't predict what, what you somebody might else as well, is. It's, it's, yeah. Have everybody just push their money into the center of the table and 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 just cut for cards. Yeah. And and just Fight get it over. It. <laughs> get, get it get it over fast and then go home. To your families or whatever else you want to do. Treat like a pizza in the middle of my table. How many pieces can you get before it's all gone? Yeah. So, yeah, it, that, that is another show. I wanted to touch on a few things, and I wrote down initials only. Uh, we got some emails, and uh, on, on the program that we were talking about, the video game addiction and the phone addiction. Yeah. There are some very cool emails on that. Uh, TK, and it's not the TK you're thinking of, by the way. Uh, TK uh, said that she was trying to get her boyfriend to listen to the podcast uh, because when he comes home from work, he plays video games before he showers and oftentimes will play video games to the point where he's too tired and goes to bed without showering after work because <laughs> he's on the video games. And she couldn't get him to listen to the, to the podcast. Uh, in fairness, uh, JR said that <clears throat> it, it is a male plays video games all the time, and it has not affected his life whatsoever, and that we obviously have the wrong idea about video games. But we, we, weren't, we were actually quoting the research. Yeah, we were, we were using the science behind yeah. the numbers <laughs> and the statistics that we were quoting. Yeah, I remember. Uh, and, and DS, uh, mom of three, DS has put her children, after listening to the program, on a video game schedule. They are only allowed X per week or X per day yeah. based upon what we're talking about, what they were doing in China and Japan to combat it. So those were just a few of the emails that came back, but I was thrilled with Thank the you for emails that, that came I, in. I would, I would say to any, any parent out there uh, that puts their child or children you know, on some sort of a schedule, uh, let us know how their schoolwork improves. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just, just like at the at the end of the semester, the end of the school year, in a couple of months, let us know uh, that after you know cutting their video game playing down from so many hours a day to you know so many hours a day, let us know how that improves their uh, their social their social habits, interacting with their parents and their friends and their siblings or their friends around the block or in school behaviors if they've gone a little bit further, you know, in their studies or improve their, their marks. There was one parent that wrote in, I, I did not, I did not write down the initials, uh, but they have, BB. they have taken away Makeup their one. children's cell phones when they go to school because yeah. it, what rang true to them was, oh, you're right. If there is a problem, they can go to the office to call home. And apparently there had been some complaints for some teachers with their, their kids had been you know, caught on their phone. So yeah, she, that's another. She that's had a, no problem taking the phones right away when you're at school. When you leave for school, you don't have a cell phone. Yeah, you can get it back. And I believe that the way she expressed it was, when your homework is done, you get your phones. Yeah, and 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 being a uncle of a few teachers out there, one of their complaints is is that they are competing with social media and electronic devices in this in the school in the classrooms. Oh, huge! They walk they walk out of the classroom to answer a call. Oh, how, how, how did, how does an eighth, ninth grader walk out of a classroom 
and take a phone call. Tell me. Well, we had it's that, it's we had not that I, it's not a fantasy. I'm not making it up. Yeah. That we that's how you're doing that. And teachers are leaving the profession in droves. They talk about the teacher shortage, the nursing shortage, you know, any name a profession, plumbers, electricians, glazers, whatever. There's a shortage. And where are these where are these professions going going to be getting from? We had a we had a statistic that we quoted about how many people thought I, I don't remember the exact percentage, but it was a significant percentage. It should be nothing above zero, actually. I thought it was perfectly okay to be on your phone during class if you didn't find the subject matter interesting. Literally. Yeah. Uh, just, 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 I won't so be on my up? cell phone in the cash out line yeah. because I don't want to be rude to the cashier who's yeah. there to serve me. Yeah, they're performing, a, they're performing a service. And yes, folks, go to the cash out line. Go in line, stand there for the cashier, and do not use those self-checkouts. Nope. Oh, at do all. not cave in. The other, the other day, I, do I not went, be a lemming. The other, the other day, I, I oofsie, oofsie. Yeah, I went, I went in and I got a, you know, you know, a package of, I, you know, mallow cups. It was probably mallow cups. No, 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 it wasn't mallow Gummy cups. Gummy bears. No, it, it was, it was, it was baked goods, and it was, it was for, you know, after sun, after Sunday. Oh, entomins. No, no, close, but it, it was, you know, just a, <laughs> just patches of like, you know, powdered, powdered donuts, I think, and I had one thing. And I was on my way, you know, over to where the cashiers normally are, and there was one cashier, and there was eight self checkout. And guess where everybody was? Lined up in the shelf checkout. The girl who was doing, you know, standing there cashier, she only had one customer with only maybe like three or four items. There is a uh, stop there, using there is, self checkout. There is a store nearby. I won't tell you the name of it, but the first two letters are AL and the last ones are DI. That does not have any self-checkout and never will. Yeah. And I, I really appreciate that a lot. I think that's the European touch from, from those folks. It, it's common sense, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, common sense isn't so common. <laughs> common sense is not common. You're, you're right. No. Uh, but, you know, you touched on bacon. Is there anything that is more tempting than an Entenmann's cherry cheesecake? Sunday. Very few things. Very few. Oh, anyways, all right. Well, you know, we've 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 covered a lot of real estate here. I see what I did there. I did. All right. Um, Very good. And Carl, your 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 words of wisdom, your pearls for episode 33. Uh, episode 33, we we kind of you know stayed on task on topic, but as usual, we found a few topics that maybe we we should entertain, you know, doing some more uh, it's research and, and talking about those things. Pulling on some threads, are we? Yeah, we should. Yeah, because there's a need for it. There is many topics out there that you and I are not experts at, but we could certainly, you know, speak to statistics and research and what other people are saying as the truth and really put a mirror up to a lot of things in society and, and maybe have some people have a conversation about it. I think putting away the the phones and video games and uh, you know getting to that point, I, I tell you we went to a, we went to a restaurant probably a week ago, and I said as I'm walking in the door, let's see how many families are sitting together, but they're all staring at their phones instead of using that time to look and talk at each other and what's going on and maybe solve some some family disputes or what's going on. I mean families are very dynamic. But when you're just sitting there and you're looking at your phone, dad isn't being a dad, mom's not being a mom, and the kids certainly aren't, you know, engaged with anything that their parents could show them or teach them. All that, all that they're interested in is what's going on on their social media sites or pages. And, you know, one, one girl who's over, you know, the table next to us, she was, she was so engaged with her girlfriend, she's laughing out loud and talking to herself. And then finally they did like a FaceTime video. And, oh, my. Yeah. At a restaurant when she's with her, her, her two brothers and her mom and dad. Oh, my. Or, you know, two parent, you know. But it, it was. It's obvious where the weak link is there, and it's not the child with the phone. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, um, you, you, can't, you can't judge other people, but you can certainly say. <laughs> I certainly can. I, I, can't, <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't be part of that. But, yeah, let's, uh, let's remember uh, um, Firefighter Jason Arnault was laid to rest today in the city of Buffalo. Uh, I watched a majority of that uh, proceedings today. I turned into a puddle. Yeah, I, I was watching it as well. There was no way I was going to try to make it downtown. It was, uh, it, quite, it, it, quite was touching. it was it was it was 
very, very well done, professionally done. The turnout from the brothers and sisters and the fire departments in the area, not in the area, uh, the first responders from the police department, the ambulance corps, everybody, uh, military was was well represented there. It, it, it um, amassed more than 10,000. Easily. I, I, I would say easily. And uh, a hero's send-off indeed. Uh, you and I have been part of the fire service uh, from the, on the volunteer side for you know over 30 years, both of us uh, going back. Uh, but it is it is truly like you're never out of the fire service. Never. You are, never. You are part of it. Uh, you know, I remember myself, you know, following up my captain up a ladder, up a two and a half story building, going up to the roof to assist him to cut a hole in the roof for ventilation. And I looked down and I couldn't believe that I was there. Yeah. It was one of those things that I finally, you know, like my training broke for just a brief second. And I'm looking down at 40 feet at least. Uh, and when you're up there on a snowy, slippery roof, you wonder how you did that. But it's it, it. I remember my first roof as well. It's I, it's, it's, I, it's, I, it's it sticks with you. It, it is there forever. But I remember it, and I don't I don't remember the details of all the small things. But I followed up Jeff Clay, you know, Teller Hose Company. I followed him right up that ladder, and off we went. And we did our job, and we we got down, and then it was time for cleaning up. And I go, I looked up, and I go, wow. But you know. So seven out of every 10 firefighters is a volunteer in the United States. And the volunteer ranks are dwindling. So. Yeah, they're dwindling everywhere. And the, the cause and the reasons for the dwindling, uh, dwindling amounts is, is that time. You know, people just don't have the time to dedicate, you know, a few hours uh, each, each week, each day. The amount of training that, that you have to do in New York State is incredible. The amount of hours that... It takes to become, you know, a certified volunteer firefighter, interior or exterior. Uh, they make no distinction about that. Yeah. It's um, not for the faint of heart. No, it is. It is a task. No, it's a calling. It's it's a, it's a task. But um, I I joined free and willingly, and I worked hard at it. And I don't know, you know, had had I not retired from active volunteer firefighting, do it after six years, um, I don't know how long I would have stayed in or what I would try to. Uh, move on into a career path, but uh, I chose just to be a volunteer. I, I love think, my city. I think, I think a great way to honor uh, Firefighter Jason Arno would be to uh, to look into your local fire departments, see what you can do, because not everybody that volunteers has to be fighting fires. We say that, yes, uh, there's, it's true. There's many different support positions there that are all extremely necessary yeah. and critical to the overall operations. So um, seniors, juniors, uh, sophomores and freshmen, <laughs> you know, Wherever, whatever age bracket you're in, yeah. if you have if you have the desire to serve, there is a job for you in the volunteer divisions. Absolutely, um, and, and, and very well needed. And I just I just want to end with uh, Jason Arno. We will always remember you and honor your service. And uh, it's an incredible, brave thing that you did. And countless lives were saved by when you pushed your button, man down. Yep, they truly were. Well, folks, uh, we, we wrap up episode uh, 33 uh, on a sober note. And again, to uh, Jason Arno, his friends, his family, his uh, sisters and brothers in the fire service, and, and all first responders, our, uh, our hearts, our prayers, and our sincere thanks is, is with you all. Carl, I guess uh, we'll see you around the corner on episode 34. Who yep. knows what that might be? I'm excited. I'm excited about it because we have so many possibilities, Frank. We have endless topics and subjects, and there's so many things going around the city of Tonawanda, um, which is our early purpose in, you know, in, our, in our podcast here. But, uh, folks, please continue to write. Let us know, um, possibly, if, if you want to be a guest, if you're a small business in the city of Tonawanda. We welcome those uh, wholeheartedly. Even North Tonawanda. Even North Tonawanda, sure. Yep. We've we've had some North Tonawanda guests, and, and we enjoy Tana them. Tonawanda. Just Tonawanda in general. Tonawanda in general. You know, the talk of Tonawanda. The talk of Tonawanda. Excellent. And uh, like I said to you, you know, always keep your heart filled with love. It's uh, it's a great way to top it off. And is it half full or half empty when you're filling it with love? That's That's philosophical. That's another show. Carl, as always, a pleasure, and we'll see you next time.
Thanks, Frank. Take care, everybody.